Welcome to Home Inspired with Hayfully, your go-to podcast for all current interior design trends, renovation tips, and insightful conversations with leading Australian interior designers and experts. As the world leader in architectural and interior fittings, Hayfully has been trusted for nearly 100 years by architects, interior designers, kitchen designers, builders, cabinet makers, and home renovators alike. To bring functionality into your home and make your renovation a success, we will bring you tips and tricks that will help you transform your ideas into plans. Don't miss out on future episodes. Subscribe today to Home Inspired with Hayfully on your favorite podcast listening platform. Welcome to Home Inspired with Hayfully, a podcast that makes your renovation a full success. With me today is Darren Palmer. Darren Palmer is known, I believe, to the whole Australian audience as an interior designer and a TV personality. Thanks, Darren, for calling in today and being part of the show. <laughs> You're so welcome. You know, I mean, they, they call me a guru on my introduction for the block. I mean, I don't tell them to do that, but I mean, it's never really that insulting. So, you know, I mean, you could just personality, personality, you'll do that. Fine, interior designer, that's fine. That's fine. To get this podcast started, we thought we'd start with a brief introduction about Hayfully and yourself. Hayfully, most of you guys probably are not aware we have been in Australia for over 35 years now. We started from a small town in Germany and we are, yeah, world leader in the furniture fittings and architectural hardware industry, serving over 150 countries worldwide and relying on over 95 years of experience. In this podcast, Home Inspired with Hayfully, we will talk to Darren Palmer to make your renovation a full success. But that's basically a brief overview of what Hayfully is and what we've been doing. But now we want to hear more about you, Darren. What are you doing on your day-to-day basis? Well, I think it's funny that Hayfully um, first came into the Australian market in 1977 because that's actually when I came into the Australian market. Ah. I mean, no, that's when I was born. So... You know, I wasn't this designer then. Um, I mean, that's, you know, it's always been a passion, but it's certainly not that early on. But I've always had this sort of sense of wanting to build houses. And like, as soon as I realized that people had to work for money, I wanted to build houses. And I kind of thought that meant that I needed to be an architect. And then I realized that I didn't probably apply myself enough at school to get the grades to be an architect. And then I realized that that study for six years. And then I realized that you know, it's pretty hard going as a uh, first, second, third, fourth year architect. So I decided to do something else and I went into graphic design and studied fine art. I went into advertising. I started my own graphic design business, I did websites and branding and all sorts of stuff. And then at about 27, I had a friend of mine who is a dancer and I was watching her one day and I was like, she, when she wasn't dancing, she was talking about dancing or she was practicing or she was choreographing or she was moving. And basically, it was she was just basically let, lived and breathed dance, 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 dance. And I looked at her one day and I thought, gee, that's what you do if you're really passionate about what you're doing. And then I realized that I wasn't actually that passionate about what I was doing. Even though it was design, it wasn't the sort of design I wanted. And when I thought about it, every single magazine 
that I read was an interior design magazine. Every single book that I got given as a gift for my birthday was always an interior design book. I'd walk into spaces and I would redesign them in my head and I'd be relocating doors and pulling down walls and thinking, why did they put that cabinet there or that wardrobe shouldn't be here or that window's in the wrong place or this would be much better with a skylight or, you know, and it'd just go on and on and on automatically and I couldn't stop it. So I was like, okay, I'm either going to go completely bananas or I'm going to change careers. So at 27, I decided to renovate my first apartment and it was the first thing I'd ever designed. I'd never designed anything before. Um, I did my first kitchen as part of that design. I fortunately got photos of it in front of my old mate, Neil Whitaker, from then from Bell Magazine. He got it published in, he got it published for me in Bell Magazine in the uh, renovation issue. So we didn't know each other then. He was like a friend of a friend, but he published that for me. And then I started working with a mentor who taught me a lot of stuff as I worked with him. And then I got published a bit more and did some more jobs and, you know, created more things. You know, then suddenly I felt like I wasn't such a fraud saying that I was an interior designer. That is awesome. What a great story. So, what was your highlight so far? Um, look, there are so, so many. It's kind of, I mean, it's, what's it being now? Do you want to do the math for me between 27 and 42? What's, what's the difference there? That's 15 years, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I've been doing this for 15 years. Really, it's all been just a step-by-step thing. You know, I have, I've had the good fortune of working with some really talented and generous people that have taught me things that they, they know. Uh, I've been able to, you know, just practice my craft on smaller jobs and then bigger jobs and bigger houses with bigger budgets. And one day, many, many, many years ago, I was doing a group motivation thing. You know, like you sit down with 10 people and you, you're all from different careers and you're just like trying to get ahead in your prospective endeavors. And I wrote down on a piece of paper that I wanted to get more exposure for my business. And, you know, for me, I was like, oh, I don't know what that looks like. I'm just going to write it down on this piece of paper as a goal. Probably, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, I got a message on Facebook from a friend saying, hey, there's this TV show and they're um, casting for contestants. You should try out for it. And that was like, I don't know, October or something. And I thought, yeah, maybe. And I called around, I called a bunch of friends. I called some friends at work in the media who were on you know, different shows and stuff. And um, one of them, actually, uh, somebody I really respected from helping me out early in my career was Neil. So I rang him up and said, hey, what do you think? Should I do this thing? And he's like, I can't advise you on that. I don't, I don't really think it's appropriate that I tell you what to do. And then so I waited to the second last day for me to be able to audition. And I sent in an audition tape where I had the flu. It was just me talking to a camera. And I got car probably two days after that. And then I was filming probably four weeks after that. And on the day that we did our promo shoot and all of the contestants and the judges came together, one of the judges walked through the door and it was Neil Whitaker. And that is why he couldn't advise me on whether or not he, that I should do the show because he had already been cast as a judge. So, um, and then, you know, fast forward a couple of years and I'm judging the block with him. So, yeah, it's just, it's a really interesting, you think that these things probably all have some big grand plan and, you know, it, it just comes with this ultra diligence and, you know, there's something 
super special. It's not that. It's just literally one step after another, after another, and you get an opportunity. And then you look for the opportunities that come from those opportunities, and then you make the most of those, and then you do whatever you can with those opportunities and expand those into the other things. I remember when I did the, the first show, Homemade, I got an opportunity to write an article through the Channel 9 PR for GQ. And so I wrote this article. They liked it. And then I sent them a list of 16 articles. I said, hey, I'd really love to work for you. Here's 16 article ideas I could write as you know an interiors editor for you. And they said, yeah, great. Here, um, we'll have these 12 banks. And so I started writing for GQ. And that kind of started my writing career. So since then, I've you know written for House and Garden and Domain and GQ and Grand Designs Magazine and Renovate Magazine and God, plenty of others have written two books. So, you know, you just don't know what opportunities are in front of you unless you really look for them. And when you get them, make the most of them because you never know what might lead from them. That's so true. Um, so back to the block um, because it's quite relevant today as well. So you've been once a contestant and now a judge. So you can absolutely rely on like what the contestants are going through each week. Can you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's probably, I mean, the other guys are, you know, empathetic and, and they have their own points of view, but I know what it's like to put everything that you can into something in a short time frame within that environment, which is a really, really hard environment, and then have the wind knocked out of your sails because it's not as good as you thought. And it doesn't mean that we can't be honest. We have to be. You know, but we are all, the three of us, being honest and helpful and trying to give them as much information and guidance as we can so that at the end of the day, their homes are as good as they possibly can be. And, you know, but for me, I probably come about it from a far more gentle point of view from time to time because I know, um, <laughs> I'll tell you this story, this is a real and I still punish Neil Whitaker for it. Um, so when we were filming Homemade, I was obviously a contestant. I think it was week two. I remember this very clearly. I'm pretending like I don't know it was week two. I know it was exactly week two. And um, we used to film our judging in front of the judges. So the judges would deliver their verdicts to our faces. Right, and um, this is all being filmed, and there's cameras, and there's like a whole crew, and everything. There's like a big camera up on a boom, and there's cameras in front of your faces. And Neil Whitaker starts off with assessing my room, and the very first thing he says is, "I think your room was a cop out." Then someone goes, "Oh, um, hang on, hold a second, we've just got to change the tape." And I'm like, great. So I'm going to stand here in front of all these people after he's just told me that my room is a cop out. And we're all just silently looking at each other. And I was like, this is this is awkward. So I know what that feels like. So I don't want to do that to the <laughs> contestants ever. Although I do, but I try and avoid it. Oh, wow. Um, so interior design, I don't even know how to how to follow up on this. <laughs> I can tell that. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's how I felt. That's exactly that's- how I felt. Oh, speechless. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. And I still make him suffer for it, don't you worry. So today you're great friends though. Yeah, we we're really, really good mates. I'm very, very lucky to actually be able to, to work with them both. They are both exceptionally amazing human beings. They're experts in their field and formidable forces. And I'm just really grateful to be their colleagues, let alone their friends, and they're very dear friends of mine. That's awesome. Interior design in general, um, in the industry, I would imagine it's very competitive and a lot of people try to get into it. I think that's what we see in 
anything creative as well. Why is it so great to be part of it or why would you recommend anyone to go into it? I wouldn't necessarily, to be honest. I, I think, you know, because it's so competitive, there are thousands of people that are interior designers or decorators or any mix of the above. I wouldn't recommend people going to it unless they're passionate about it. Because if you're passionate about it, you don't have a choice. If you're passionate about interiors and creating spaces, then it's not it's not a choice that you get to make. You just have to do it because you know it's there all the time, every day. But if if you you know think, oh, maybe it might be you know, a bit glamorous. Unless you're passionate about it, then it's a great deal of hard work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of things that people don't even think about in terms of part of the job. I mean, you know, we you probably think that an interior designer basically takes the perfect brief from the perfect client and creates the perfect work every single time. That's just not the case. Most of the time you have to compromise quite a lot. Most of the time you get uh, only to go so far on a job and then you have to stop because, you know, a client doesn't have the resources or, you know, the willingness to, to complete a job to the level that you want. Sometimes you get a unicorn and they give you all the free reign and the money that you need to do to create something beautiful. But irrespective, if you walk into it thinking that it's going to be glamorous all the time, you're going to be let down. But by the same token, if you look at every single job that you get, no matter what the budget is, and no matter what the constraints are, as an opportunity to do the best you possibly can, you cannot possibly fail. You will always do well if you put everything you can into it. And my other advice would be do your best and then photograph it at its best so that you've got a record of it because it's a bit like if a tree falls in the woods, you know, if you create work and you don't get to show it and share it, then it, it didn't happen. Yeah, it's basically the same in every visual industry, I would imagine. Like if you're an architect, you want to have pictures on display, you want to build up your portfolio in, in any industry you're in, really. 100%. So over the years, you got to work with a lot of exciting brands, obviously with us too. What do you think have these brands in common and how do you approach brands or how do brands approach you and how do you make the decision to work with, with a certain brand? Yeah, sometimes I can't even believe my good fortune. Really? I, I honestly I honestly sometimes just think, why me? Why did I get to be able to have relationships with brands like you know, Hayfully or Audi or LG or um my god, you know, there's a, any number of these massive worldwide brands that I've been able to work with. To answer that question from a brand perspective, I think you're just approachable. You could be living next door. You you have that grounded feeling about you like you yeah you share so much on social media about your day-to-day -day life not just the professional life so I think giving that personal insights helps people to identify you and helps you to be authentic to yourself well really. that's great because one of, one of the things that I like to to talk most about is authenticity I really don't I don't think that there's much to be said for living a, a life that is based on, you know, how people perceive you only from the outside. I think it's, you know, much better to be authentic with the choices that you make and the alliances that you work together with on, you know, with, with businesses or, or clients or whatever it is. But I guess well, that's very nice to hear. I really appreciate that feedback from a marketing point of view. From my point of view, in terms of choosing which business to work with and partners, I look for industry leaders. I look for people with values, businesses with values the same as mine. One of my key desires is to share 
interior design with people Australia-wide, worldwide, so that it becomes accessible for people to understand how to apply information and the fundamentals of great design so that they can understand it and apply it to their own lives within their own constraints to their own briefs so that they can live the best design life that they are able to live with the constraints that they have. Because great design is not the exclusive right of the wealthy. It's not just for people who are elite. It is for everybody. And great design, it makes life better. It doesn't just make it more beautiful. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, nothing to add to that. To, yeah, talking about our partnership, Hayfley and you, we have been working together since 2017. So quite a few years, three years now, uh, and it's been a great journey from, from our side. I hope you, you share these thoughts. Yeah, um, <laughs> of course. Any relationship that I have, I want, I want the long term for. And that's, that's the other reason I work with the sort of businesses I work with is because I want to. I want to be able to work together towards a common goal and get there with the businesses that I work with. And you know, we're aligned. I mean, I, I started working with Hayfley. I don't know if you know this, but back in the day, actually when I first wrote my first book, I had done a kitchen in my Bondi apartment, and I put in it the the tandem. It was a chrome tandem pantry. In my book, I love this thing so much. I thought it was so cool that I, I wrote in the book. I, uh, you know, the tandem, the Hayfley tandem pantry is such a great solution because I've been able to get so much space out of this 600 by 600 cabinet. Blah 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 blah. And um, thankfully, someone within your team read my book and noticed that I'd mentioned the product and the brand by name, which was not not for any other reason than I just thought it was such a cool thing. I wanted people to know about it. Uh, and they're like, oh, wow, he, he authentically really loved products. And funnily, the other product of, of Hayfleys that I didn't know was Hayfleys at the time was the Le Mans. And that Le Mans 2 um, system, the, the corner system, is the best system on the market as far as I'm concerned. And it also happened to be one of your products. And I was like, oh, my God, you've got the two favorite kitchen hardware product on the market are both of you. We are definitely aligned. I absolutely want to work with you. Yes, tick, yes, yes. That's so good. And I think that's why this partnership works so well as well. It's because we didn't have to sell you on our products. You already knew the products and have been using them anyway. Oh, can, I, can I tell you, when I got the phone call from my manager like years ago, so I'm like, oh, a company called Hayfley would like to work with you. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, Cool. So in the last three years, <laughs> there have, we, we worked on quite a few exciting things. Uh, we had a few showroom openings um, across the country, the latest one in Western Australia where you've attended. We filmed the TV commercial late last mm-hmm. year, mid, mid, mid last year. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, time. Um, I know. It all blurs together. That's a strange thing. We've done lots of those great home shows. No, you don't want to do at the home shows, by the way. I'm not sure if you've ever seen me at one, but basically, I walk from one end of the, the stand to the other just going, have you seen this cool thing? Let me show you. Have you seen this cool thing? Let me show you. Look at this. You press this button. Oh, look at this. Look how it comes down. You press this button. It goes back up again. Look, let me show you this cool thing. This is my most favorite thing in the whole stand. And I just get super excited like a kid in a candy store and people are like, wow, you really love stuff. And I'm like, yeah, legit, I do, like for real. That is so cool. And you've seen the mobile showroom too, I believe. Uh-huh. What do you think of that? How cool is that? I know, right? That's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, the guys that um, 
producer stands do such an amazing job at the mobile mobile showroom is just it's brilliant it's got kind of the, the top hitters of the range not all of the coolest stuff that I like to play with but pretty much everything that we got to see on the biggest stands is all in that um, small little truck and the fact that it can travel around Australia and you know people can interact with the product it's really cool and it looks beautiful so it's another really innovative amazing way to deliver the benefits of internal hardware, which is kind of sometimes hard to distinguish from kitchens, so that consumers, when they see the product, can see the benefits to their lives and see how much more you can get out of your kitchen spaces, even if you're retrofitting stuff into a kitchen. I think it's really, really good point of contact. It's a really good sales tool, and it's beautifully designed, which is, you know, obviously what you guys are all about. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll definitely pass that on. Um, I'm sure many more people listen to this episode anyway. So if you had to pick one highlight of the last three years with us, what would it be? Uh, honestly, it's probably just getting the phone call in the first place. I was like, I was emphatically, yes, let's make that happen. Yes, yes, please, yes. Because I, as you know, you know, I'm, I'm really aware of the product. I love the product. And that's what I look for in, in, a, in any partnership is an authentic appreciation and alliance for our goals. And, you know, hopefully in me, we're just totally aligned. So it's just like that, that was the highlight for me, 100%. That's awesome. Can you still remember the day where you got the phone call? Uh, I don't remember which day it was, but I remember the phone call. And it was exactly what I described to you. I get this phone call. My manager says, oh, look, we've got this inquiry. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, yes. That's a yes. Hard yes. And 2020 <laughs> starts, starts well, too, with a new podcast. I'm excited for yeah. this goes, really. Um, well, hopefully, we're entertaining enough for people to want to listen to it. <laughs> I hope so, too. Lots I do have a lot of information in my head, too, by the way. Like, I actually can share tips and things. Like, we can get to that point. It's not just, you know, obviously talking about um, me, I'm not that narcissistic. I um, do really want to share some of those um, tips and tricks and all that information I've got in my in my big designer brain. Yeah, I think that's what this whole season is about, about you sharing your tips and tricks and favorite um, yeah, insights into interior design and what we can do as end consumers really to make our renovation a success in our home and maybe start a DIY project and be brave to start it on our own. Oh, be brave. God, they're the, they're the best words I can ever hear when it comes to design. You know, the thing, the thing that stops people being brave generally is education and it, the more educated somebody is the more they understand what's right and what's wrong and why things work and what the fundamentals of good design are and what the rules are and how you can flex and bend those rules to yourself because you understand them properly in the first place that's where confidence comes from and confidence supports risk and the risk is where all the exciting things from design come from you take a measured risk an educated risk and you can be really creative you can take something that could be ordinary and make it extraordinary absolutely cool i think that's it for the introduction if people now want to follow you because they're so amazed where what's the best channel to reach out to you Look, I think the best channel for me is always Instagram. It's Darren Palmer Official. Uh, that is where I share the most visual content and video content. Most of it feeds through to my Facebook as well. But I, you know, Instagram is a, the perfect medium really for me to share work and inspiration and education and video and you know, lighthearted stuff and my dogs and all the other things. You know, I take my top off from time to time. That that never seems to hurt either. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> 
Um, cool. Well, if anyone is interested in Hayfully, you can follow us on Hayfully Home. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> well, thank you for that first introduction. And I'm sure we'll speak again very soon to record more. For our audience, please make sure to subscribe to that podcast and your favorite podcast listening platform and you won't miss another episode. Until then, thanks for tuning in and goodbye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Home Inspired with Hayfully. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Share your highlights and learnings on today's conversation on social media. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to share this episode with other future renovators and make sure you follow Hayfully Home. If you enjoyed today's chat, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Until then, take care and goodbye.